good. How are you? Good. Ish. I don't know. <laughs> Should we welcome all of our adoring guests that are directly in front of us right now? Yes. Welcome to Detroit Strange. Uh, this podcast? <laughs> For some reason, that just like made me think of... um. You know those like TikTok videos where people set up the thing for the adult song and it like zooms out and it's like a thousand gummy bears? Yes. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> like a thousand gummy bears are watching us. <laughs> that's our audience. Not that I think anybody listening is a gummy bear. Although if you are, good for you. Yeah. I mean, there was that like song a couple of years like, oh, I'm a gummy bear. <laughs> Or just the original theme song to the actual show, The Gummy Bears. I forgot there was a Gummy Bears show. Gummy Bears, bouncing here and there and everywhere. That's because you're young. Something, something, something beyond compare. They are the Gummy Bears. I thought I was young until I realized um, I've asked for like an appliance for like birthday and Christmas for at least like the past year, year and a half now. Like I got... Like, me and Jen went to Target the other day, mm -hmm. and I got way too excited. I'm like, can we look at the kitchen gadgets? I want to see the kitchen gadgets. And then uh, I bought a waffle iron, mm -hmm. a vertical waffle iron. It's, like, weird. It's, like, almost like a toaster where you just pour the batter into a slot. That's uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. Um, and then I also saw, like, a Ninja coffee maker, which I didn't know Ninja made coffee pots, but they do. Isn't it like a whole coffee bar or something? Because there's supposed to be like a frother or something like that. And so I think yeah. they're trying to um, compete with, uh, was it Nescafe or whatever? Yeah. Or Nespresso. Nespresso. Yeah. Which I see. I, Are you an Nespresso hoe? I'm not always bougie, but sometimes I get a little bougie as. Everyone's bougie about like a couple things where like, no, it needs to be. Well, what happens is like when you experience something and then you're like, oh, this is nicer. And honestly, my aunt had an espresso, Nespresso machine. I lived with her for a couple months, years and years ago. And I, I was, oh my gosh, it was so good. And now I have wanted an espresso machine since then. They're pricey though, so I don't have one. Yeah. But that's like the beauty of asking for them for birthdays. Is like, it's more than I want to spend on an appliance. But they're probably a little, a little fancy for that too, though. Oh, really? I think, yeah, the cheapest is usually around, like, 170 Oh, yeah, that is kind of pricey. Yeah, something like that. I mean, but they're, I mean, it's good. But then you have to buy the pods and stuff, too, and I'm not, like, into pod culture. Oh, yeah, fuck a pod. I hate pods. Yeah, but that's the thing that makes them good. I don't, in a Keurig, no. Keurigs are bullshit. Keurigs are trash. I had one for a second. Same. I had one in college, and just now I got the little extra thing that you you put your coffee in, yeah. and that was okay. But it was such a pain that I was like, honestly, I'd rather have a French press. Again, bougie. Um, <laughs> I get it, but like I've had a French press ever since then, and it's like the perfect amount of coffee. And I have a hot water maker, so it doesn't require like it, that stove. Yeah, I love a hot water maker. Yeah, it's still and it's smaller like i don't like kitchen appliances that take a ton of space personally yeah unless it's super useful yeah like you have to earn your space in my kitchen 100 mm percent -hmm. you have to show me that like i'm gonna use you a ton you're gonna make my kitchen experience better yeah 
it's it's got to be you got to be an important appliance to make it into the the Jessica kitchen. Yeah. Oh, definitely. My dating life too. I date how I stack my kitchen. You got to be worth it. <laughs> my thing is is try to got to get things that only do one specific thing. Like get something that's useful. Yeah. Get you a man who could do both. Oh yeah, I need a multi multi-purpose man. What? I said multi-tool because I couldn't remember the word multi-purpose. And hey. it has its own weird connotations yeah. of its own. I need a multi-purpose man and I need a multi-purpose kitchen appliance. Mm-hmm. And tool. Yeah. <laughs> um, What else is new? What's happening? Uh, What is new? I-, I went to Eastern Market today. Ooh. Yeah, I. it's not, you know, it's outdoors at least, and everybody was wearing masks, and there's not that many people, and all this stuff's, like, spaced out and stuff, so. Was it fresh? It was so fresh. And fly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, it was really nice. I mostly just walked through. I did get, like, a couple of things. I went uh, with my roommate, but we went pretty late. Yeah. And I mostly just kind of walked to kind of gauge if i'm gonna start going again yeah because i I love eastern market so i've only been like twice wow yeah you need to go it's great i know i had a stint i started going pretty much every weekend Mm -hmm. and it was an ex-boyfriend he was going every weekend so then i started going to him yeah and we broke up and i just continued going every weekend for like a couple years and like in the winter sometimes i'm gonna go every weekend but i still would go a lot yeah and it was a really nice way like i didn't go to grocery stores like maybe once a month i'd go it was awesome that's yeah i i like when i can find a routine like that mm-hmm. where like i find a place to get like produce and fresh and just like that kind of stuff and then just like mm-hmm. once a month go stock up on like the staples like rice flour etc mm-hmm. well they you can do that at eastern market though i didn't know that Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go to, I mean, there's a couple different places that have, like, there's Rockies, which has, um like, the big bins of all the grains and stuff like that in there. There's DeVries or DeVries, I'm not sure how you say it, but they've got all your cheese. Okay. All your cheese. And then, like, some, like, fancier local and non-local, like, grocery kind of yeah things. There's a ton of different places. And then if you even want to do, if you're, like, into eating the meats... You go to, like, Gratiot Central or, like, there's another I forget the other place. I don't know. It's been a minute. Uh, I never really buy meat for home. Yeah. I don't too often. I'm pretty much, like, lactose-free vegetarian at home, uh-huh. I think. So, but, yeah, it was, it was nice to go just because I haven't been in a while. And, I don't know, it was nice today. It's warm, but it's nice, so. That was my exciting morning. Nice. That and also I woke up with Jolene in my head. Ah, uh, classic. Which I wanted to ask you: Have you seen the reaction video? There's these like two, I don't know, like late teens, mid teens. I don't, I don't know teenager ages. Yeah. Boys listening to Jolene for the first time, <laughs> uh, and it's really fun though because they really like it. I like that. And they're like, they're like talking about like the beat of it and stuff like that because it really starts like it starts with a bang. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to send you the video. It's really cute. Please do. Yeah. I love a good reaction video. Oh, yeah. I'm excited because, like, before we started um, 
recording this, I like a YouTube notification came up for um like Trixie and Katya react the series they do with Netflix. Yes. Trixie and Katya are reacting to Tiger King. That's the newest one that just came out. Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah, I haven't watched Tiger King yet. I'll probably watch this video of them reacting to it. Mm-hmm. And based on what I see in that, maybe I'll actually go watch it, but probably not. Honestly, I think you kind of missed the boat of watching it. Just yeah. because like it came out at a time where... I think the only reason it did so well is because it was quarantine. People couldn't leave their house. Well, yeah, yeah, no, but and people just needed a distraction, I think, like yeah. because it was the beginning, and we were all like, "What am I going to do at home?" Mm-hmm. And it was, it it was like watching a soap opera almost, because it was just like thing after thing after thing, like unravels in it, where you're just like, "What, what, what, oh, what?" Yeah, and I I think timing can be everything sometimes for that. Oh yeah, I don't know that I would read the same now. I'd like if you're bored, watch it. But there's other, in fact. I started watching a new show that I think you should watch. What is it? What is it? It's not new. I'm sorry. It came out in 2019. But there's two seasons, which is good. And I just started the second season yesterday. Uh, The Politician. I've heard of it. It has people I like in it. It does. But I've heard... Like, I don't... I like just, like, reading about it, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, is it one of those Netflix shows that, like, they just didn't describe well? And so it just, like... Yes, because yeah. I thought the same thing. I think I came across it online. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't know anybody who said anything about it, and I just was like, eh, I don't know, I don't know. And like, yeah, I don't think it was marketed right. Mm-hmm. First of all, the second season, they add in Judith Light and Bette Midler. Ah, uh, Judith Light. What yes. a freaking queen. I love Judith Light. Yes. And Bette and Midler. Midler. And even in the first season, like, it's good. Well, um, um, oh, we love her. Jessica Lang. Yes. Yeah, because I didn't know it's a Ryan Murphy show. That's what it was like. I feel like I should watch this because it's a Ryan Murphy show. But just everything around it, I was like, I don't know about that. They They can be hit or miss, but I think for me, this one... You might disagree, but I don't think you will. It's very interesting. Yes, it is about it's about a kid who eventually like wants to be the president. Yeah. But it's so not about that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the story. That's not what it's actually about, though. That's like the jumping off point. Yeah. And the way that I think they marketed it is like this kid with ambition and like what will he do and da 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 da. It also has this weird kind of like at times like almost Wes Anderson y vibe. Okay. I can see that with the cast, too, because isn't Gwyneth Paltrow in it and yes. also Blythe Danner? Who's that? She played the mom in Will and the Grace. She played Will's mom. She's actually... I think she might be Gwyneth Paltrow's mom. Oh, I don't know, because we haven't met her yet, then. No, I mean, like, in real life. Oh, I don't know. That's interesting, though. Yes. Her. She has not been in it at this point. I don't know if she comes up in the second season. She was in Meet the Parents. That's what most people would know her from, not Will and Grace. Oh, yeah. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff, actually. Um, she was also, she was in Tu Wang Fu. She was. Mm-hmm. She played one of the town's uh, folk in the little town they stop in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I did start a new show recently that I think it was you who recommended to me, like Mrs. America. Yes. Yes. I was, like, just sitting there last night. I was baking shortbread cookies 
And I was just like, I need Kate Blanchett right now. What Kate Blanchett vessel do I need? And I like looked at her IMD page and like, that's it. Because mm-hmm. then I was like, you remember you said Rose Byrne is in it? And there's also like 12,000 other people I love in it, too. And I'm really enjoying it so far. It's an amazing cast. I've just started watching episodes of Jeopardy, like old episodes. I'll just turn them on while I'm doing stuff and just like, and just play along at home. I've stopped using paper to keep score along with the show because uh-huh. that was too far. But I will answer the TV. Um, I might have to pause because, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm cat sitting and there is a cat box in the room. Is she dumping? She might be in a second, and it will probably make noise. I'm going to assume. Let's check it out for science. Oh, she's not. She's not. Actually, she's not yet, so let's just continue, but... Yeah. I think she's just smelling because I'm in the closet, and... Maybe she's confused. In my studio. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, So anyway, you were talking... I don't know if I have anything else to say, but I will say, um, plot twist of the century, I'm drinking a beer right now. What? Oh, from the Ferndale Project. Yeah, it's called Lover's Quarrel. Ooh. And it's a sour ale with passion fruit. You know why? Because sours are delicious because they don't taste like beer. That's, I think, the reason why I've been able to drink it, because, like, my friend Molly, you know Molly, Molly brought these over. I love Molly. And she like, this is the one that was left over. And I was like, I don't feel like mixing anything. I guess I'll just have this beer. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I haven't been there yet, but I like their photos. <laughs> yeah. Their stuff sounds good and I like their photos. Yeah. What are you drinking out over there? Well, I have several beverages because... Uh, we love options. Yes, I do. I love a good beverage. Mostly I am drinking... A hard seltzer. Fun. By Smirnoff? Yeah, by Smirnoff. Not a Smirnoff ice. No, no, no. It's their hard seltzer. Okay. For sure, not an ice. I will never drink that ever again in my life. Somebody tried to ice me on my birthday like four years ago or something, and I was just like, no. (laughs) You're stronger than me because I got iced three times my last birthday. It was just me and Annie. We were just like, let's get in, let's get some ice and we'll ice people on my birthday. And then she just kept icing me. Never go back. I think between like, the two of us, I drank four and I think she drank two and it was the worst. Did you have like the worst headache? I actually was okay because like after I drank an ice, I was like, let's go get some water. I think I actually took care of myself better because I'm like, this is trash. I just put literal garbage in my body. I need to go mm-hmm. eat like a stick of celery in a bottle of water. I can't. <laughs> My friend did that, and then he also brought, you know those, like, tubes of margarita that you put in the freezer? Yeah, like the weird little, like, pouch things? Yes, and they're gross. Like, he brought, like, several different varieties of that over, too, and they sat in my freezer for... The only time I've ever, like, really been into those, like, frozen pouch drinks is if we were on the lake and you add a kicker. Like, there's not enough alcohol in those. Yeah. So you got to top it off with whatever you're drinking. Yeah, I just, I would just rather have a drink. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. I'm going to drink, let's just have a good drink. One time I, I went... I had them in years, but I just remember that when I had them, I was like, it's only when I am literally on a boat and have access to nothing else, and I can put mm-hmm. more alcohol in them. 
Like one year I went on a lazy river with some friends or whatever. And I remember even then, like you're supposed to bring crap like that, you know? Yeah. And even that, like my one friend, he's so bougie and I love it. He brought everything to make like Moscow mules. And so we had like, we're the only douchebags like on this lazy river, like going down it with like Nalgene bottles full of like fresh made Moscow mules. Yeah. I was going to say when I've done things like that, I did um when in an arbor down the Huron River, me and my friends just floated down mm-hmm. uh with vitamin water bottles full of three buck chuck. That sounds good. I yeah. still I will still get that sometimes. Although honestly, there's a couple that are like five dollars at Trader Joe's that I probably mm-hmm. sometimes I'll treat myself to those. Cause not that I mean three buck chuck, great. But yeah. like these five dollar ones are like I really like them for five you know what I mean? The Crane Lake ones, because I go to Western, and sometimes they have Crane Lake, and those are like five or six a bottle, and those are good. No, they're ones that, like, I think you can only find at Trader Joe's, because you have, they have, like, a lot of That's how Trader Joe's is in general, I feel like. All the stuff you find at Trader Joe's is Trader Joe's. Best wine selection, though. Oh, yeah. I love their wine selection more than anything. Good job, Trader Joe's. This is not a Trader Joe's podcast, though. It is not. If they would like to sponsor us, mm-hmm. hit us up. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to sponsor us, you're going to have to give me like a line pass because that's what stops me from shopping at Trader Joe's recently. Every time I've gone, except for once, I was either the first person in line or there was no line. Ugh. And But every time I walk out, there's at least 10 people in line. So I just had a lot Lucky. of luck. Yeah. yeah. I could use the luck in other areas of my life. But apparently it's in Trader Joe's shopping. Hey, take it where you can get it. I will. I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just observing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Do you have a story <laughs> for me? I do have a story for you. This one I, I actually had found a while back and started, but never really went very far with it. It was just kind of on a list. Uh-huh. Um, Catback? Pardon, too much carbonation. Oh. Got two carbonated beverages that I'm drinking and ooh. Uh this one actually has crossover with your last story a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, like it happened and then I was like, oh, weird. And then I almost tried to do something else, but I didn't. So this story actually, I got the idea for it from a book I've used before, Blood on the Mitten by Tom Carr, mm-hmm. uh, which is just kind of a, it's got like two page synopsis basically of a lot of true crime that's happened around Michigan over like history. I mean, like, yeah. they range very, very much. Uh, so we'll get into it. Yeah. Picture it. Detroit. 1970. Okay. 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 Picture. Um, it. Yes. So we are, we're in the 1970s. And just a little bit, even outside of Detroit. So just picture America in the 1970s at this point. Uh, Just for reference, April 30th, Nixon had just announced that the U.S. planned to expand its involvement in Vietnam War into neutral Cambodia. Mm -hmm. And this caused a huge movement from many college students across the nation. And there's always like a generation gap, right? Yeah. But there was like a very large one going on right then with like the whole hippie movement. Yeah. So the older generations were not into it. So now we're going to meet part of the older-ish generation, not super old or anything, but Arvel Garland. Arvel Garland. Yep. 
you're going to hear his name. He's kind of who we're following, unfortunately. Um, you'll know why it's unfortunate in a little bit. But he is a 45-year-old rail worker from Irwin, Tennessee. Okay. And he had moved to Michigan at some point with his wife, and they resided at 5755 Otis with at least one daughter. And I think that might have been their only child, but I could not you know, pin this down, but I think possibly that was their only child. Mm-hmm. So their daughter's name was Sandra, or went by Sandy Garland. Sandy. Sandy, indeed. She was 17 years old. And she had graduated high school at the age of 16. She was in her, her third semester of pre-med at Wayne State. And she was dating a hippie boy Ooh. named Scott Cabron or Cabron. I'm not sure how you say it. And around May 3rd, Sandy left her parents a note that she was leaving home. So both Arville and his wife and her mother, Martha, uh-huh. who was 41 years old, started to go on a search for her, naturally, as parents yeah. would do. So... May 4th, just for reference again, there was the Kent State shootings. For I'm sure anybody listening is familiar, but just quick overview. 13 unarmed students who were peacefully protesting amongst many, many, many others. Uh, they were protesting the U.S. expanding their involvement in the Vietnam War, as it had been announced on the 30th by Nixon. And the Ohio National Guard came in and basically shot at them. And 13 of them ended up getting shot, four of whom ended up actually passing due to the wounds. Damn. Yeah. And at least I think believe one of them became uh, paraplegic from his injuries. So terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened. Yeah. And it will kind of make sense why I'm pointing that out. But meanwhile, Arville had somehow learned that his daughter, Sandy, was staying probably because her boyfriend lived in an apartment in this hippie commune, uh-huh. 4330 Lincoln Street, which is like in the Woodbridge area near Wayne State. Okay, yeah. Across the street from Trumbull on the other side, that area of Woodbridge. Gotcha. So they were living over there, and over the next five days, Arville would visit the property at least three times. On the second visit, which was, I think, sometime around May 7th, if I did the math correctly... He offered, he met a guy named Keith Potter, another resident of the building, and he offered him $50 to tell him where Sandy was and then told Keith that he planned to bring her home, quote, dead or alive. Damn. Yes. So not happy about the situation. And I'm not sure if it was Keith, but someone did end up reportedly taking his money and revealed that Sandy was staying in apartment number nine. Uh-huh. Not sure who. So fast forward to... 2.30 a.m. on May 8th, when Arville charged through the door of Stonehead Manor, which is the 4330 Lincoln Street yeah. apartment complex, with a 38 caliber automatic in one hand and a, is it Lugier gun? I don't know. I don't know guns. We're not a gun podcast. We are not a gun podcast, but another gun uh-huh. in the other hand and uh, extra bullets in his pockets. Mm-hmm. He later claimed to have brought all of the ammunition as protection for himself in case he met any resistance from the other residents. You know those hippies known for their guns. Yeah. They just made him really I I made him really uncomfortable apparently. But yeah, I it just seems weird. Yeah. So Arville made his way to apartment number nine, and just to set the scene, two stacks of peace buttons sat on the nightstand. Um there was one source and I can like really corroborate this. I'm not sure if this is exactly correct, but they may have been planning to attend a rally in honor of the Kent State Massacre the next day on Wayne State's campus. There were many of those across the nation too, particularly on co- college campuses. Mm-hmm. And 
this is when Arvel breaks in and finds his daughter, Sandy, who, again, was uh, 17 at this point in time, Mm -hmm. and her boyfriend, Scott, who was 18 at this point in time, sleeping in the nude. Their friend, Greg Walls, 17, was sleeping on a cot in the same room. And Anthony Brown, who was a friend who recently gotten out of a state reform school in Whitmore Lake, he was either 16 or 18. I saw both ages, so I'm not particularly sure. Uh, He was asleep in the next room. According to Arvel, at this point, he pulled out the pistol and hit Scott, the boyfriend, in the head with it. But while he was doing so, he accidentally discharged a bullet into his daughter. Fuck. Yes. You know, those accidental times. Maybe we should be hitting people with guns. Or breaking down people's doors with two guns and a pocket full of bullets. Right. Like, just don't. Just don't. There was no need to bring a gun. Yeah. No. And also, don't go in the middle of the night. Go in the daytime when you can talk. Right. That's just like all kinds of bad plans. Yeah. The Free Press actually, though, cited that the coroner's report stated that he had shot her point blank in the temple. That's a pretty hard thing to do accidentally. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, that's not an accident. Not even kind of. No, no. So he claims to have gone temporarily insane at this point, which resulted in him shooting the other three occupants of the apartment. This included shooting his daughter several more times. What? I hate the temporary insanity plea because no, no ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Deal with shit better. I have a lot of opinions about this, too, because I mean, like, again, you don't go into that that kind of situation with i mean there has to be premeditation right you're bringing that much ammunition and things in that's like premeditated we'll get into that in a little bit another resident in the building in kelly recalled hearing garland say get up boy get up while shooting the three young men so scott the boyfriend was the only victim not to die right away on the scene but he passed about an hour later at detroit general hospital damn super terrible right yeah you would think he might stop at that point right he didn't? Nope. He also knew that Sandy's basically best friend named Donna Potts, who was like a friend from childhood, they'd grown up together, also lived in the apartment complex or the apartment building. Uh, I think she might have lived in like apartment one or something, but that doesn't matter. And Arvel, basically after shooting everybody, stormed through the building screaming, Where's Donna? Where's Donna? If you don't tell me, I'll kill you all. As stated by the Detroit Free Press. The fuck? And in this article, Donna actually went on to explain to it because she did make it, which. Oh, thank God. God. She went on to explain to another girl who lived in the building named Kel- uh, actually Kelly, the aforementioned Kelly, told Arvel that he had done enough already. So this girl, this man is going like, what courageous thing for this woman to do. Basically stopping him like, you've done enough already. But unfortunately, it didn't stop him. Yeah. So he reloaded his gun. And his temporary insanity, he put more bullets in the gun. Like, mm-hmm. fuck off. Yeah, and the fact that he even brought more bullets. Right. Like, he knew he was going to shoot that many rounds. I don't, that's no, 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 no. Yeah. And so he shot the lock off of Donna's apartment front door. He entered her kitchen. And she was scared to death and hid in the bathroom with the door closed. And the article is actually like a scan of an old article. So this part got kind of like smudged or something and I couldn't read it. She might have been in like a cabinet or something like that. But it was mostly just talking about her hiding in the bathroom and being 
scared for her life. So he didn't find her, and he did end up exiting the building. His wife, Martha, screamed, You killed my baby? Well, some articles actually reported her entering the building and saying that to him at the scene, but others stated that she was in the car. And the car seems a little more plausible because it was also indicated that she thought they were only there to bring Sandy home. Like, she didn't think... Yeah. Anything else is going to happen, but there's also not a lot of information about this, and it doesn't really seem like that part was investigated maybe as much, or at least it was not reported as much. Uh-huh. So she drove him to the Werner police station and told him to turn himself in. Arvo walked inside and told the police he had just killed his daughter and three hippie friends. Mm-hmm. According to the Blood on the Mitten book, which is the only place I saw this, but it, you know, it, it could be true. I just don't want to say it definitely is. Uh, he was then sent home. What? But it wasn't for good, so don't worry. He did get arrested. But still, yeah. what kind of world do you walk into a police station? I just killed four people, and they're like, well, go home and think about what you did. Yeah. We'll come pick you back up later. Like, lock his ass up. I only saw this in the one the one resource. So far, that resource has been good, but, you know, yeah. it is. I don't want to say it's, like, undoubtedly true, but that is basically what I I, I read. So, just a side note about Arvo. So, clearly he was a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Not really a side note. That's just what he is. Baby, he's a whole damn turd. Yeah. Yeah. He's not just a piece. Oh, he's the whole system. The whole bowels. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. But just to give you a little glimpse into his brain, he was quoted as to saying, Children have no freedom. They are property. Just like a book. She's my property, and I can do whatever with her. How? Gross. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And I do think this extended possibly to his wife a little bit. She was quoted as saying, We are just like millions of parents, and Sandy was just like millions of daughters growing up. So she was trying to kind of like normalize the situation when asked about it, it seems like. But again, there's not as much information about Martha, so I don't really... I can't speak too much to her, but... Yeah. 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 So, like I said, he was apprehended at some point. I have no idea when that information was not anywhere. But this is where the crossover happens. As John Sinclair, if you'll remember him. Oh, yeah, yeah, Head of the White Panthers. MC5 manager was sent to jail for 10 years for marijuana possession. Yeah. That guy, yeah. He wrote an article called Slaughter at Stonehand Manor that was published in the Ann Arbor Sun on February of 1971. It's available to view at the um, Ann Arbor District Library, AADL.org. Mm-hmm. And it's a wild article because it is definitely written in 1971. Uh, a lot of the verbiage is very 1971. Uh, some of it wouldn't fly today. But at the core of it, you know, he makes a lot of sense, but some of it's a little wild. So. Okay. As he states, when Arvel was waiting trial, he was held in the quote unquote nut ward work again 70s terms not today's terms uh so basically the psychiatric ward of wayne county jail uh-huh. but the judge joseph gillis felt sorry for arvel oh poor arvel and let him go on a thirty thousand dollar personal bond while awaiting trial so he was still going to trial he just didn't have to sit in jail waiting to go to trial yeah is one quote in the detroit free press says Many people say that Sandy and Scott and Greg and Tony deserve to be punished for the way they lived, for their long hair and their unconventional lifestyles, for their hard rock music, for their dope. 
People say they might even have done what Garland did if they had walked in on their daughter naked in bed, asleep with a hippie, a black boy, in another bed, and in the same room. Mm. So, they, it just seems like a lot of people were trying to normalize it. And again, I wasn't live in 1970. I don't, I don't know what it was like, but like... Just that whole temp... Like, it just all goes back to the temporary insanity bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... John Sinclair goes on also to say that the judge, Judge Gillis, also more than likely sympathized with Arval because he probably had similar opinions of the, quote, counterculture that had developed in the late 60s, early 70s. But he mm. used the disguise of law to carry out his objections to it. So he used his yeah. power for bullshit, essentially. Yeah. This is a quote by John Sinclair from this article. Gillis sends people like Tony to prison every day. People like Scott and Greg and Sandy, he kills them all little by little with prison death because they get high and fuck without a license and refuse to go along with the death program of Honky America. Mm -hmm. Also, America is with a K. That's just an interesting tidbit. Yeah. So it seems also, though, that many other people actually did agree with the actions of Arville. He received hundreds, if not thousands, of letters in support of him, and reportedly not a single one condemning him for his actions. What the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know. It's like I, I read that I was like, "That's that can't, well." Actually, I read a hundred. I read hundreds on one source, and then I read thousands on another source, and I was like, "I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't fathom this." Like, good that job slaughtering your daughter and her friends because mm-hmm. she wasn't. Because she's part of some quote unquote like counterculture or whatever, because she's trying to think for herself, essentially. Right. I mean, he even said it like that was his property and he could do what he wants or, you know, whatever. So obviously, you know, against her thinking for herself and making her own decisions. But again, also, she had graduated high school at 16 and she was in her third semester of school. So, like, I, I doesn't say much about her, but like, she had to have a you know a good head on her shoulders, and sh- that probably scared him even more. Yeah, which sucks. I mean, like that should be celebrated. Yeah. So John Sinclair also goes on to mention that quote: "This is a war of cultures, a last ditch attempt by the last generation of Euro American people to retain the cr- their control over the rest of the people in the world." Kind of rings a few bells right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's really weird to read this article, mm-hmm. and again, this is more about. Kind of like the man versus people and everything, so it's 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 not like right now, but at the same time, it's it it is just it's an interesting thing to read. You know, this is fifty years ago. Yeah, it's obviously different than it was today, but also in some ways, it's not as different as it should be in many ways. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So he also goes on to call the slaughter a political event. But what's interesting is that he goes on to point out that in Western culture, we're made to believe that politics is an activity to be carried out by professional politicians, and we need to only invest in it for a brief stint every like two to four years during the election cycle. Mm-hmm. He also mentions that Arville Garland's not necessarily the enemy, he's the pawn. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, piece of shit pawn, for sure. Yeah. But... He's the product of a some kind of well a, sh- a shitty a, sh- a shitstorm of yeah everything basically and again i wasn't alive back then but just you know it's really hard not to th- think about 
things in like today's relations and stuff like that too. And that's still a big problem that like, you know, we're still in this cycle. Yeah. We care around elections and I actually wrote some of this too. Um, but we feel all powerless in between and it should not be like that. Yeah. The system that our country is governed on was built this way and it continues to be built this way on purpose because the people who have power and control want to keep their power and control and keep pushing forward in this manner, taking it further and further away from the general population of people. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's like a lot of what's going on right now, too. When we talk about, you know, reforming systems mm -hmm. did not set out with this topic, with this intention at all. This is just stuff that kind of came up when and I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Interesting. We're going to take a side journey, though. Ooh, love a side journey. We're going to talk about a movie. Okay, okay. Yeah, a movie production. This is really weird. So there was actually a release of a movie around or before the trial, and it actually helped to determine adequate jury members for the trial. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell you why. So 10 weeks after the actual shootings, a movie called Joe was released. Okay. It had obviously been in production before the shootings, so it had nothing to do with them. But let me tell you the plot because it's a little weird. So firstly, the poster features a man with some sort of Americana stuff on, kind of looking, I don't know, kind of soldiery, but not like he's not like a soldier. Yeah. So the the poster for this starts with the words, keep America beautiful across the top. Big black letters. Mm hmm. So before we hate it, though, for this, let me remind you, this is a movie and sometimes there are characters who represent multiple sides of situations. Yeah. Uh, so the plot. Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, is a New York City executive named Bill has a daughter who's actually Susan Sarandon in her debut role. Oh, fun. Yeah. And she is dating a quote-unquote junkie. Yeah. So I think he's supposed to like represent like hippie culture and all that kind of stuff. So Bill disapproves of this and secretly kills her boyfriend because mm -hmm. he disapproves. His daughter is destroyed and ends up in a mental hospital over af after overdosing on speed. Mm -hmm. So Bill's upset. He goes to a bar and he meets a man named Joe who's played by Peter Boyle. And Joe is a terrible racist factory worker. Mm. Um, he also says, eventually comes out that Bill has murdered this, like her, his daughter's, you know, hippie boyfriend. Uh -huh. And Joe is like, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. And so in the mean, and they become friends. Yeah. It's a real buddy comedy. <laughs> so Bill's daughter escapes the hospital and discovers that her father has killed her boyfriend. So Bill and Joe go looking for the daughter and they stumble on a gathering of hippies. I'm assuming like partying or something like that. And what do you think they do? Kill them all. They pull out them guns and kill them all. I read somewhere that for the time it was actually a good movie just because it was representative of a lot of things going on. Yeah. I f don't know that it would translate to a watch today from what I understand. Fair. Because it is, it's just kind of a, you had to be in that moment maybe kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Also probably should have said spoiler alert, but also this is a 50 year old movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, if you haven't seen it now, you probably weren't going to see it. You most likely just hearing about it for the first time. See so if you're upset, that's on you. Yeah. Yeah. And there was actually another movie named Joe, not with the same plot or anything, but another movie named Joe came out in like, I don't know, 2015 starring 
Nicolas Cage or something. So totally different movie. But go watch that one, I guess. And I don't definitely know. different than Mighty Joe Young. That one has a gorilla or some yes. kind of large, <laughs> large primate. Yes. Uh, so anyway, because of all the similarities to the situation, um, obviously not not word for word storyline storyline but there there was some weird crossover yeah. because of this jurors were screened to make sure they had not seen the movie because <laughs> they didn't want them to have undue sympathy for Arvo good yeah well we say good now so again according to his lawyer he pleaded temporary insanity as mentioned in the shooting of the three young men after accidentally shooting his daughter and the prosecution tried to prove that all the murders were premeditated again he brought not one but two guns and a pocket and back of bullets. Up, yeah. Like, if that ain't premeditation. Right, because, like, you're heading into... Also, the fact that he's, like, heading into... Like, the hippies were never known for their artillery. No. They no, were very and, like, anti-gun, and it was the, yes. like... Bullshit. They were fighting against guns. They said no more war. Like, that was the whole... Especially at this time, because they're... Right. The main part so, of, like, hippie culture is, like... Um, protesting the Vietnam War. Like, that was, like, a large... Not the main thing, but, like, that was a large part of that culture yeah. at that time. So. Yeah, I already called bullshit on that. Like, Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, wait. Just wait. Oh, um, God. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did they want... I, we'll get there in a second. So, Garland himself, uh, during the trials, actually appears very tense but quiet. It was also noticed that his hair had gone from black to gray to white, and he had lost about 80 pounds between the actual shootings and uh, the end of the trial. Mm-hmm. Which, again, the shootings happened in May. The trial was in December. Well, at least the end of the trial was December 23rd. Mm-hmm. And he was convicted December 23rd. Thank God. I mean, mostly thank God, but wait until you hear the sentence. Is it community service? No, not that bad, but it's pretty bad. So he was sentenced to one count of manslaughter, which is 10 to 15 years for the death of Sandy, his mm-hmm. daughter. Again, manslaughter, that's accidental. That's like if somebody hits somebody with a car. Right. And then three counts of second degree murder, which is a 10 to 40 year sentence for the three young men. Okay. Which is just such bullshit because, again, none of that is premeditated. Yeah. I mean, did they need, like, a freaking diagram? Did he need to have, like, a list in his pocket? Like, right. what did they need for What that? evidence did you need to prove that this guy just fucking killed these people? Yeah. What's even worse, though, because there's something worse. Oh, God. He was allowed to serve his sentences concurrently, which is donkey balls. Yeah. That means he could serve them all together at the same time. Not in order. That is bullshit. So, he was paroled. Again, he went to jail. 1970. He was paroled in 1980. Just 10 years. 10 years. He got 10 years for killing four people. Uh, He spent his last 24 years alive, a free man. He did end up moving down to Irwin, Tennessee. I don't know if it's directly after getting out or whatever. I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't really fucking care. Uh, He died April 26, 2004. What the fuck? Yeah, is that not like the hugest piece of bullshit that I, <laughs> I yeah, I, I can't I can't even I and I'm also surprised like 
it's something it's sometimes surprising like never having heard of certain situations and i'm surprised never to have heard of this situation just because i can't like i it just That's some shit yeah yeah it i'm amazed that that happened um real quick too my other sources were detroit free press two articles trail is on and slaying of four youths by tom rick november 10th 1970 and generation gap ends in death also by tom rick may 9th 1970 wikipedia and legal.com the people versus garland Ugh. Yeah, no, it, again, I just randomly chose it out of this book, and then, like, it had kind of, like, some weird overlaps, like I said. I mean, when I was reading the John Sinclair article, and I was like, why is his name familiar? And I was like, well, I'll do my work. I'll go, like, you know, see who he is or whatever. So, I, like, looked his name up, and I started reading. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. We just talked about him. That's very interesting to tie in. And I, just in general, I feel like, Given I don't know a ton about the 70s, it's always been a decade I've never super been interested in. But I feel like recently it's been coming back a lot. Like, even with things like Mrs. America, where, like, that takes place in, like, the early 70s, or, like, for some reason I feel like 70s are coming back in a big way right now, in more ways than one. And I think that there's obviously some parallels with that of not just people not just saying like oh we want it to be better but like no 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 we we fucking need it to be better yeah i i can see kind of looking back at that time period yeah again things are different for sure oh yeah but it is wild that that was 50 years ago like for some reason in my mind i always think it's like 2000 i'm like oh yeah 70s i was like 30 years ago i'm like no it is 2020 you want to hear something really really weird that i realized while i was writing because i was writing 1970 so much that was a half a century ago yeah mm-hmm. like half a century it is bonkers it's bonkers wild yeah so that is the stonehead manor murders as that's what i'm calling them yeah i don't know if they have an official name and the uh piece of shit yeah Marvel. Well, thank you for that story. I mm-hmm. has definitely riled me up in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for some two truths and a lie? I am beyond ready. So, mm-hmm. it's coming to the end of Pride Month. That's fast. Yeah, I know. I'm like a little bummed. Yeah, it's... It flew by, and I'm bummed because I I love. I mean, Pride Month's only a name. You can celebrate Pride all year round. Oh yeah, yeah. Although actually, I think this episode will actually be July too. Well, to commemorate the end of Pride Month, here's some more gay stuff. Love it, but also you can just do gay stuff whenever. Yeah, I'm a fan of that as well. I think mostly just like, I feel like I've taken this Pride like this month. As a more of an opportunity to like educate myself about like where we've come from, where we're at, and where we're going. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And there's just so much interesting stuff in gay history. Like mm-hmm. today's our today's Two Truths and Lies is all about like gay codes and gay like communication. Okay. Because it was so covert for so long. Yeah. So fact number one. Mm-hmm. There was a pseudo language called Polari in the 1800s that was used by the gay subculture to communicate without tipping off undercover cops. Okay. Fact number two: 
the term friend of Dorothy was another code used to identify other gay men. So like they say, oh, are you a friend of Dorothy? Okay. The Dorothy in question being Dorothy Parker. Okay. In fact, number three, the handkerchief or hanky code was widely used in the 70s among gay men, using color and placement to signify what they were or, wh- or what they were looking for. That is hard. These all sound true. Uh-huh. Wait, what was the first one again? There was a pseudo language in the 1800s that was, uh, I'm adding to it, like, that was used up until like the 60s called Polari, used to communicate without tipping off undercover cops because being gay was crime back then. Um, I might, I'm probably so wrong, but I, I don't want to choose any of them to be wrong. I want them all to be right. Um, cause they all sound plausible. This is a hard one. Yeah. I'm not going to go with my gut because I think they've actually heard that this might have been, I don't know. I'm going to go with the seventies. I'm going to go with the handkerchiefs. Why not? I don't know. That is actually true. Um, I thought it was, and I just went with it because I didn't know what to do. Fair. Now, the hanky code is real, and it's still somewhat used today. Mm-hmm. I think it's more used... Like, a lot of it has to do with fetishes now, too, which is interesting. But basically, like, like the handkerchief is like, oh, if you wear it out of your left pocket, your, like, a top, or your... Usually, like, one side was usually the more dominant person and then the other side was the more submissive person in the role Mm -hmm. and the colors are basically like i'm into this or i'm into this and so it was just used in the 70s as a way to kind of like because like all kinds of things even like earrings like you know they say like oh like the gay ear like that was a thing just kind of like ways Mm -hmm. to like tip off other gay men that you're gay so you could find other gay men essentially yeah no and i mean it it makes it easier to start conversation and particularly during times when there wasn't a lot of venues for that so that makes sense can i guess the next one yeah (laughs) i'm probably gonna guess wrong i'm gonna go only because i want number two to be true i don't know why but i really like the idea of number two so i'm gonna go with number one number one is true so polari um so Polari, um, I was actually like trying to like learn some of it back in the day. It's hard because it's just it's died out so hard. Like I know, uh, I think it's like Razor is a cop, and then like Bona is good. Like, like Bon Appetit. Yeah, I definitely like. I hold on, let me just some Polari facts. So it comes from Italian, the Italian verb parla, parlare, which is like meaning to talk. Mm-hmm. And it was used mainly in like the UK and Britain. Like, those are the same thing. Used in the UK by actors, circus and fairground showmen, professional wrestlers, merchant navy sailors, criminals, prostitutes, and the gay subculture. So I'm trying to think of other ones besides Razor. It was, like, just kind of, like, a weird, like, amalgamation of, like, uh, like, from Latin, Romani from the Roma, like, the Roma, um, London slang, sailor slang, Yiddish. Okay. There's kind of this weird amalgamation of things. Yeah. Basically just confused anyone who wasn't in the community. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Picked up from everywhere. 
Yeah. So number two was the lie, and uh, the oh, like most of it's true. Like friend of Dorothy, that's still a thing. Or like that's a thing. Like oh, were you a friend of Dorothy? Like they'd be like, just kind of like, hey, you gay? I'm gay. You gay? Mm-hmm. But the Dorothy was actually Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, meaning Judy Garland. I did not even pay attention to that actually being part of the fact. I was just like, okay. I don't even remember who you said. Yeah, no, Dorothy Parker. I mean, the gays love Dorothy Parker. And I think some sources might say that, like, she was Dorothy. But generally, like, the Wizard of Oz is kind of a gay icon of a movie. It's a very, Mm -hmm. like, just like Judy Garland in general and Wizard of Oz were just held in such high regard, like, I'm pretty sure Stonewall happened either the day of or the day after Judy Garland's death. Oh, wow. Well, too, I think also as a movie, I mean, like somewhere over the rainbow, like that whole concept of like, I don't know, like going to this like... um, Leaving the world you're in to this world of technicolor and fantastical... mm -hmm, Exactly. And also being able to kind of like defeat your demons within that world, too. Yeah. Like, I think there, I think there's like a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff for everybody to take out of it too, but I can see that being, I, I can just, I can see that correlation to a certain extent too. Like, I think yeah. that's nice. I do love Dorothy Parker though. I was, well, yes, but I was raised in a Wizard of Oz house. Um, my dad uh-huh. was obsessed with Wizard of Oz. I definitely liked it. It was one of the VHS tapes we had growing up, but it was never one that I was like, this is such a good movie. I love this. So good. I haven't watched it in a long time, though, so maybe I'll watch it again soon. Yeah. No, we, I mean, we own, we own, like, the 50th anniversary VHS or something like that. And then, like, we had some, like, um, original film cells or something framed. Oh, work. Yeah. My dad was really, I mean, he was from Kansas, so that was kind of his, like, jam. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I liked it. I liked it as a kid. I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. Sing along. Sing along movie. Yeah. Um, you know, minus that one guy getting poisoned from the silver paint and uh Oh that, yeah. Uh, and that Ooh. sad munchkin event. Too man. We don't have to talk about the munchkin event either, but Yeah. <sighs> but I think that pretty much wraps us. Yeah. So one thing we want to plug before this episode's over is we're going to have some bonus episodes coming out. They're going to kind of be sporadically. They're not going to be like any kind of like every week, whatever, but just kind of like as frequently as we can get them out. Uh, We're very excited about it. We don't give too many details away. The first one should be coming out soon. We're going to record it tomorrow, actually. So you keep an eye and ears out for those on our social medias. Detroit Strange on Facebook, at Detroit Strange on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to email us, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Also, um, subscribe. Rate. Which you can do on Stitcher now, too. Oh, yeah. Give us a rating on Stitcher. That's what yeah. I use. I'm going to rate us. Do it. Give us <laughs> tens, tens, tens we... across the board. It's it's fives. Um, I know, but that's the saying is tens, tens, okay. tens across the board. Are we supposed to rate ourselves? Is that how that works? I don't know how that works. If I listen to Stitcher, I am going to rate myself. But, like, if people wanted to give us non-biased reviews, we would love that, too. Yeah, please do. That being said. said, That being said. That being said. That being said. Until next time.
Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sex and Violence.